Welcome to the SN Off the Shelf podcast. I'm Russell Redman, Managing Editor at Supermarket News. The quality of fresh food, especially produce, plays a big role in consumer decision-making on where to shop for groceries. Distributor United Natural Foods, Inc. recently announced several efforts in which it leveraged new technology to make sure produce reaches its retail partners faster and fresher. A combination of new solutions and processes are shortening certain delivery times by more than a day and capitalizing on the full potential of UNFI's data points to deliver fresher produce to stores. The Providence, Rhode Island-based wholesaler also has consolidated purchasing and shifted to procuring many items directly from key suppliers. The result has been improved inventory turnover, lower inventory shrink, and an average one-day savings from the supply chain over the past year, as well as produce sales growth outpacing the industry average. Speaking with us today to shed more light on these changes and their benefits is Dorn Wenninger, Senior Vice President of Produce at UNFI. Wenninger has served in that role since February 2021, when he joined the company from Walmart, Mexico, where he was VP of Perishables. Thanks for joining us today, Dorn. It's great to be here, Russell. Well, as I mentioned, um, uh, last month, uh, UNFI said it has deployed new technologies to enhance its produce supply chain. Uh, Can you talk about what exactly was implemented and what led the company to do so? Yeah, sure, Russell. So as you can imagine, there's not one single bullet on how to make quality better. So (laughs) the reality is, is we put in multiple tools. And um, let me start with, with the customer. The overall objective was how do you give days of freshness back to the consumer? Because of course, the retail consumer, what she really cares about is the quality and freshness, how long it lasts at home, and what really upsets her is variability. So we started there, Russell, and said, what tools and what do we have in our arsenal to make that better for her, for that customer? So um, the overall ranking objective was to remove days in the supply chain and in what I like to say is give those days of freshness back to the store <laughs> and back to the consumer. And so some of it is, uh, is literally as simple as reducing your days on hand on inventory in the DC. And so right. we processes where our buying in our replenishment, where we actually just <laughs> moved dials. And uh, of course, that gives every day less than the DC gives a day of freshness back to the consumer. So that's kind of a low tech piece. But on the flip side, um, we also started putting in technology, um, everything from a quality control system that I'll talk a little bit about later. We Mm -hmm. implemented a process called dwell time, which is um, using technology to identify uh, high risk categories and the maximum time that they could spend in the DC and then Mm -hmm. forcing it, having the computer make the decision and take, take that hard decision away from the hundreds of associates who are, are stuck to make that. And some of it was just good old-fashioned supply chain. How do you actually move it from farms right. to the DCs a little bit faster? Um, when were some of these changes made and uh, what benefits have you seen so far? So um, as, as you alluded to, I've been in the role about a year and a half. Uh, we started this journey um, probably about a year ago. And and I use the word journey deliberately, Russell, because it absolutely is a journey (laughs) to directly get your quality better. And so parts of this 
have been slowly being put in place, but it takes a while before um, you get a critical mass where your customers and your shoppers are giving you credit. Uh, the most recent implementation was the rollout over the last several months of the ShareFi platform. So all of these um, initiatives have started within the last 12 months. Um, some of them have been accelerated, like um, the Dwell program was started over right. this past summer, and the ShareFi is being rolled out as, as we speak. And the reality is it's giving us a glide path where I'm optimistic and confident that we're going to see improvements across produce on this nice curve mm -hmm. going up for the next 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me more about uh, ShareFi? Um, uh, UNFI described it as a real-time cloud-based tablet I guess the tablet controlled control program uh, where I guess the tablets enable employees to provide them some more mobility in uh, overseeing the, the, the freshness of the product. Yeah, absolutely. In, in Russell, we've seen supermarkets implementing technology all across the board, but I can tell you one area that retailers and wholesalers have tended to neglect is quality control on the inbound. Um, it's still an antiquated um, process and system. Uh, historically, in many retailers or wholesalers, it's a go or no go. It's binary. Do you accept it or reject it? But of course, Russell, we all know that there's a big difference between great strawberries and mediocre strawberries. Right. Strawberries that uh, should have been rejected or kind of passed in great strawberries that uh, excite the consumer. And so um, historically, the data has been binary. So this system allows you to have real data to understand where are those strawberries on that continuum. The other thing is historically wholesalers and retailers haven't really invested in, in data regarding inbound quality control. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine one of the benefits of UNFI is our scale. So we're receiving produce at over 20 DCs across the country. And unless you are able to harness those tens of thousands of data points, in some ways, that's kind of lost. And so implementing right. this allows us to work at scale real time where we're collecting data on every single receipt. And then you're starting able to buy better um, sell better. And I like to give this example, Russell, you know, just imagine produce leaving California. Um, what I see in my DC in Denver, Colorado today, I'm going to see that tomorrow in Minneapolis, and I'm going to see it the day after tomorrow in, in the DC in, in Pennsylvania. And unless you have real-time systems that are calibrated and with clear specs that people can understand, in, in some ways that data is lost. And it's done through <laughs> tribal knowledge historically, right. but being able to arm literally hundreds of associates and use algorithms to help identify how we should be spending our time absolutely moves the needle on quality. Well, on the process side, um, UNFI uh, kind of redesigned its uh, produce sourcing strategy. And one of the things that the company mentioned was consolidating purchasing and buying uh, many of the items directly from major suppliers in Mexico. Um, can you explain what the company has done here and how that's helped? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Russell, you mentioned I, I spent the previous four and a half years living in Mexico. So I had the opportunity right. to buy literally hundreds of millions of dollars in produce for 2,500 stores in Mexico and uh, got to meet these uh, great growers themselves. And 
So the work that we've done isn't bringing more Mexican product to the United States. Mexico represents 15 to 20% of all produce consumed in the United States. And some of these great growers over the last 10, 15 years, Russell, have really improved on their technology and scale and cooling. <laughs> and but much of it is still being sold through intermediaries. So uh, the farms that um, we have onboarded, their produce are in our stores already today. It may be packed in somebody else's label. Um, they may mm -hmm. be packing for a US shipper. And not only are they adding cost, but worse to Russell is they're adding time. And right. so by going through others, um, so because I have the opportunity to know these people, um, we've onboarded them directly. Um, we are buying and moving, say, from farms in Celaya um, to the border at McAllen and from mm -hmm. McAllen to our DCs. Literally, there is no retailer in America who could do this any faster. We are going from the farm <laughs> to McAllen, from McAllen to our DCs, to our stores. And in just that process alone, you know, I'm excited about the cost savings that it brings, but even more so, we probably took out a day and a half of freshness. And that's really powerful, giving that back to the consumer. So cutting out the middleman, the the old uh, strategy. You know, in, in one sense, it's, it's, an, it's an old piece. Now, historically, that's been challenging in Mexico because um, there's been too much variability. So a, a couple of things is... Uh, we have the luxury of have of knowing who these people are. So I curated um, my historical supply base and chose literally uh, the, the top producer in um, a couple dozen categories. Um, and these are growers that were already shipping to us just through other people's labels. And so while it is in some sense cutting out the middlemen, you know, the, the reality, Russell, is if you were to ask your friends and colleagues, what's their favorite brand of asparagus? Um, they probably couldn't even name a brand of an experiment, <laughs> but they could tell you whether they like it thin or whether they like it right. thick, that they don't like limp, whatever. And so by focusing more on the quality attributes that that consumer is looking for and delivering it at the freshest and giving value to them, that's how you really make the sales um, click. <laughs> well, um, the pandemic had huge disruptions on the supply chain uh, across the, the, the grocery continuum and in other industries, of course. Um, uh, what, uh, how has how UNFI fared with some of the lingering supply issues uh, since the pandemic? And, and what were some of the difficulties that you encountered and where do things stand now? Yeah, Russell, obviously all of us had uh, fill rates and service levels that were unthinkable and um, were outside the contracts <laughs> across the grocery industry for the last two years. R really interesting facts, Russell. In produce, weirdly, we weren't as affected. And um, as I reflect on the last two years, there's two things. Number one is our factory, our farms and sun and fields, mother nature didn't stop. So she kept going. So in some <laughs> sense, the, right. the, the groundwork um, of produce just kept happening, just like it would with or without the pandemic. She, Mother Nature wasn't aware of the pandemic. And in, for, in many ways, you didn't see the same disruptions in supply in fresh produce. Uh, where you saw it, Russell, was in the things that we saw in other dry grocery, uh, packaging, clamshells, bags, et cetera. Um, but in, the, store. 
in the greater but in in that produce that had that site types of packaging but in the greater scheme of things produce outperformed center of the store as far as service levels the other biggest disruption from covid was labor and strangely russell the produce industry is expert at working with labor shortages so uh weirdly one of the um, issues that all produce companies face in the United States is lack of labor, and that was pre-pandemic. So strangely, um, they're very resilient. And and you see that absolutely in the numbers, both in fill rates and in the performance of the category. So uh, produce continues to perform well. We didn't have the same issues. Absolutely, there's been blips, you know, like the salad dressings in produce departments were affected more than iceberg lettuce, (laughs) as an example, because of bottles. Um, But we're in a good spot. Uh, You continue to see good um, uh, fill rates. And the issues facing produce right now are probably more around the economy and inflation than they are about lingering effects of supply chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, what you just said, it kind of leads into my uh, next question. You mentioned labor w- was an issue um, since the well, during the pandemic, especially uh, a lot of consumers have complained about decreased freshness. Um, did you face any challenges that way? You mentioned labor. Did, was, was produce sitting longer in terms of getting from the D.C. to the stores and then from the when the stores received it out? onto the displays that have to sit longer at all or anything is that that was that a problem you know strangely um it, it, at least in the case of unfi over the last two years uh if anything we have taken days out of the supply chain so part of these tools so what we are delivering into stores back rooms is is fresher today than it has ever been now absolutely as i've walked stores and literally hundreds of stores there's probably no grocery retail store in the united states that isn't looking to fill open headcount um in significant numbers you know yes. five ten uh do- dozens of people. And absolutely, I've seen that across um, all sorts of chains, that uh, the attention to detail that our consumers um, love and cherish probably has suffered in um, some chains more than others. And that absolutely gives the impression of lower quality because they're not culling Mm -hmm. appropriately. You've seen some rotation issues. Um, But but generally, Russell, it's, it's less about product sitting back um, and, and, and more about the issues on uh, that very last point where it's touching the consumer. Well, uh, UNFI also announced uh, when it talks about these new processes for produce that uh, it was expanding the wild harvest brand with some new organic products and uh, beginning with uh, bananas. Uh, are there any other new produce items that we can expect to see from wild harvest Absolutely. this year or next year? Yeah, it's actually today. Um, So today in stores for the first time ever is Wild Harvest Organic Grapes. So um, a very big skew, uh, you know, autumn is uh, peak time of grapes coming from California. Um, So this is uh, California Organic Grapes and Wild Harvest. They're in the new look and feel. So that is absolutely a big skew that is in stores literally today. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, and we've got a bunch in the pipeline. The pipeline are significant ones. Um, uh, probably half a dozen tomato skews from um, tomatoes <laughs> on the vine to beef tomatoes. Um, uh, we also have citrus. There's uh, there's probably a half a dozen citrus skews hitting. 
everything from uh, navels to limes. Um, we've got some skews and potatoes and onions, uh, mangoes. Basically, Russell, what's really important about this, if you ask the consumer about um, what are the concerns are organic, there's really two things from a consumer perspective. Number one is trust, is uh, right. do I believe that that is actually organic? And by um, putting it in the wild harvest, instead of having a garage sale of a bunch of different brands, which are, there's some awesome brands out there, but the reality is when you start looking at um, limes or asparagus or watermelons, mm -hmm. is uh, they can rest assured the due diligence of Wild Harvest, which has literally hundreds of SKUs across mm -hmm. um, the store, that uh, it is certified organic because we have been on those farms. I personally have probably been on <laughs> some of these. The other thing they say, Russell, is being able to identify it that uh, frequently it's hard to identify what is or isn't because you have all this different styles of packaging. And one of the beauties of this is as you'll see, as we launch more is it's in a, it's in a purple label. Um, it is wild harvest, but, but the word organic is huge because what's important is the word organic. So it's got a very, very consistent labeling, large organic, a large, um, uh, the USDA seal, which is highly recognized, is prominent on all of them, and it's all purple. And the reason purple is the produce department is green, and purple makes it very, very recognizable. Stands and, out. <laughs> and, and, and there are also a couple other brands that are well known within the produce department that are using purple. Um, and uh, so what you're seeing is a lot of companies coalescing around making it easier for the consumer to identify uh, what are you hearing from your uh, retail customers in terms of demand for organic produce? Is that a segment that's gaining market share? Gosh, you're right on trend, Russell. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or, organic for the last 10 years has had an amazing ride. Um, when you look at uh, the, the register data of organic produce over the last three to four years, it's growing three or 400 basis points faster than conventional every single year consistently. Wow. And uh, UNFI is absolutely a part of that. And we continue to be bullish. And so uh, the, the, the trend is organic is out competing conventional. It's been that way. It will absolutely continue along this path. However, the last <laughs> four months have shocked all of us on the levels of inflation. And so what's happening right now is organics and conventional. Um, the produce industry is still getting positive growth in dollars, <laughs> but it is largely coming from inflation. And depending on the category, you're seeing unit decline. And um, so that would be comparable in organics as it would be in conventional. So we're in this really challenging time. So while we're still right. bullish on organics, the trick is to be very deliberate and thoughtful on your price points, on your catalogs, and making sure that that price premium in an inflationary window doesn't go back to where it historically was when organics were much more of a niche item in the produce department. Mm -hmm. Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you joined UNFI uh, early uh, last year from uh, Walmart, Walmart, specifically Wal Walmart, Mexico. And uh, before that, you were uh, VP of Produce and Floral at Walmart US. 
So uh, overall, you have, I think it's something like more than 25 years of experience in procurement sales, marketing operations at packaged food and retail companies. Uh, so my question is, what's it like going from a large retailer to a large distributor in terms of your focus on uh, managing produce? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm proud of the 11 years that I was at Walmart and we achieved great things and, and really helped improve the quality and freshness of, of produce at Walmart. Uh, but I can tell you, I am absolutely thrilled to be where I am right now. Um, Walmart was great at teaching us to understand scale, um, efficiencies, and how to uh, translate value to the consumer to stimulate growth. And, um, and, and now what's really fun, Russell, is that UNFI we're, we're the size of a major national um, retailer in our purchasing power. Yes. And what's really cool is to bring those disciplines, data, processes, and scale so that independent retailers can compete favorably um, in that environment. And, and so one of the biggest differences is um, in my previous job, we own the stores. So at Walmart U.S., there were 30,000 produce associates. That's, that's a big number. Yes. And um, over the last 12 months, if you look at one of the biggest challenges is labor and the variability within that labor and the turnover, I've been so excited as I walk stores to see how the, uh, right now, we also supply thousands of stores every week with fresh produce. The difference is, is they are independently owned and operated. And what, what I've observed is that labor over the last year, can there's a diseconomy of scale. In some sense, these independents are doing an amazing job outperforming because they're managing two, three, five to 15 stores. And while labor is an issue for every retailer in America, uh, the independents, because they're working on a smaller base, to me have had some great service and I see that in their departments. And so um, it's a pretty cool equation. If you can combine the efficiencies and economies of scale that Unify brings in the back and allow independents to perform uh, with their small number of stores and the independent absolutely knows their customer better than the large one. And as much as I pride myself on using data to dig down what's when I walk these stores, whether it's in the San Joaquin Valley in California or in Florida or in New York, what you see is the independent operator, that entrepreneurial spirit knows their customer base and has a curated catalog um, which allows them to compete favorably. And you see that just from the number of cars in the parking lot as you <laughs> compare them to uh, some of their national competitors. Well, that's all the questions I have for today. Uh, again, Dorn, uh, thanks very much for taking part in our podcast. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, input and insights. Well, it's an honor to be a part of, uh, of course, I'm an avid reader of Supermarket News and um, you're a great source to the industry. So it's a pleasure to, to be with you. <laughs>